Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be for Mormon Chapter 4. Now, anytime the chapter heading says, War and Carnage Continue, that's not a good thing. So we'll see what's going on here with Mormon and with the Nephites. Verse 1. And now it came to pass that in the 360 and third year, the Nephites did go up with their armies to battle against the Lamanites out of the land of desolation. And it came to pass that the armies of the Nephites were driven back again to the land of desolation, and while they were yet weary... A fresh army of the Lamanites did come upon them, and they had a sore battle, insomuch that the Lamanites did take possession of the city desolation, and did slay many of the Nephites, and did take many prisoners. And the remainder did flee and join the inhabitants of the city Teancum. Now the city Teancum lay in the borders by the seashore, and it was also near the city desolation. And it was because the armies of the Nephites went up unto the Lamanites that they began to be smitten, for were it not for that, the Lamanites could have had no power over them. Once the Nephite soldiers started to wage offensive war, they soon became so bloodthirsty they were concerned only with the taking of human life. The leaders of this dispensation have also warned against the dangers of starting an offensive war. Charles W. Penrose said, Now if a nation essays to go up against another nation for the purpose of conquest, to gain territory, to grasp something that does not belong to that nation, then the nation thus assailed has the right to resist even to the shedding of blood as it was in, the, in this land in the War for Independence. But we have to be careful as to what spirit we are guided by. We Latter-day Saints must watch ourselves and not give, <clears throat> give way to passion and desire to shed blood and to destroy, for that is the power of the evil one. We do not want to imitate any nation that is bent on a policy of destruction to destroy where they cannot rule, to break down and trample underfoot where they cannot dominate. If we have that desire, it is the spirit of the wicked one. There is a very great difference between arising to go forth for conquest, for blood, for plunder, to gain territory and power in the earth, and in fighting to defend our own possessions in the spirit of justice and righteousness and equity, and standing up like men for those things that we have a right to contend for. Verse 5, <clears throat> But behold, the judgments of God will overtake the wicked, and it is by the wicked that the wicked are punished, for it is the wicked that stir up the hearts of the children of men unto bloodshed. Brigham Young said, Of one thing I am sure, God never institutes war. God is not the author of confusion or of war. They are the results of the acts of the children of men. Confusion and war necessarily come as the results of the foolish acts and policy of men, but they do not come because God desires they should come. If the people generally would turn to the Lord, there would never be any war. Let men turn from their iniquities and sins, and instead of being, over, uh, instead of being covetous and wicked, turn to God and seek to promote peace and happiness throughout the land, and wars would cease. We expect to see the day when swords shall be turned into plowshares, spears into pruning hooks, and when men shall learn war no more. That, this is what we want. <clears throat> we are for peace, plenty, and happiness to all the human family. But again, we must recognize the parallel for our day. The Nephite civilization was destroyed by wars in which the wicked killed the wicked. 
A similar destruction has been decreed for the dispensation of the fullness of times. The Lord has decreed wars upon the face of the earth, and the wicked shall slay the wicked, and fear shall come upon every man, and the saints also shall hardly escape. Nevertheless, I, the Lord, am with them. Thus with the sword and by bloodshed the inhabitants of the earth shall mourn, until the consumption decreed hath made a full end of all nations. Often, very often, we are punished as much by our sins as we are for our as we are for our sin. Wait a minute, what did I just say? Often, very often, we are punished as much by our sins as we are for our sins. Okay, I almost didn't read that right, did I? <laughs> Sorry, <clears throat> that was Elder Boyd K. Packer who said that. As was the case with the Nephites, so often is it the case that God does not have to personally curse, condemn, or punish the wicked, their actions and associations produce natural consequences that in and of themselves become severe punishments. Many of the destructions, plagues, and atrocities that come upon the world are inherent in the very existence, whoops, are, the, are a direct result of the wickedness of man. C.S. Lewis insightfully observed, the possibility of pain is inherent in the very existence of a world where souls can meet. When souls become wicked, they will certainly use this possibility to hurt one another, and this perhaps accounts for four-fifths of the suffering of men. It is men, not God, who have produced rack, racks, whips, prisons, slavery, guns, bayonets, and bombs. It is by human avarice or human stupidity, not by the churlishness of nature, that we have poverty and overwork. Verse 6, And it came to pass that the Lamanites did make preparations to come against the city Teancum. And it came to pass in the 364th year, the Lamanites did come against the city Teancum, that they might take possession of the city Teancum also. And it came to pass that they were repulsed and driven back by the Nephites. And when the Nephites saw that they had driven the Lamanites, they did again boast of their own strength, and they went forth in their own might and took possession again of the city Desolation. And now all these things had been done, and there had been thousands slain on both sides, both the Nephites and the Lamanites. And it came to pass that the 360 and 6th year had passed away, and the Lamanites came again upon the Nephites to battle, and yet the Nephites repented not of the evil they had done, but persisted in their wickedness continually. Now, as we're mentioning different years and, and where it says that the Lamanites came again upon the Nephites, it makes it sound like there is a period of time when each of them go back home and, and uh, take care of themselves and plant crops and do whatever they have to and then come back when the weather's better to, to do the fighting. Um, and so that's what it sounds like is happening uh, here periodically. Verse 11, And it is impossible for the tongue to describe or for man to write a perfect description of the horrible scene of the blood and carnage which was among the people, both of the Nephites and of the Lamanites. And every heart was hardened so that they delighted in the shedding of blood continually. And there never had been so great wickedness among all the people of Lehi, nor even among all the house of Israel, according to the words of the Lord, as was among this people. And it came to pass that the Lamanites did take possession of the city Desolation, and this because their number did exceed the number of the Nephites. And they did also march forward against the city Teancum, and did drive the inhabitants forth out of her, and did take many prisoners, both women and children, and did offer them up as sacrifices unto their idol gods. And it came to pass that in the 360 and 7th year, the Nephites being angry, because the Lamanites had sacrificed their women and their children, that they did go against the Lamanites with exceedingly great anger, insomuch that they did beat again the Lamanites and drive them out of their lands. And the Lamanites did not come again against the Nephites until 370 and 5th year. And in this year, they did come down against the Nephites with all their powers, and they 
were not numbered because of the greatness of their number. And from this time forth did the Nephites gain no power over the Lamanites, but began to be swept off by them, even as a dew before the sun. Those who live on the American continent will suffer a like fate of being swept off the land if we don't serve Jesus Christ. And it came to pass that the Lamanites did come down against the city Desolation, and there was an exceedingly sore battle fought in the land Desolation, in the which they did beat the Nephites. And they fled again from before them, and they came to the city Boaz, and there they did stand against the Lamanites with exceeding boldness, insomuch that the Lamanites did not beat them until they had come again the second time. And when they had come the second time, the Nephites were driven and slaughtered with an exceedingly great slaughter. Their women and their children were again sacrificed unto idols. And it came to pass that the Nephites did again flee from before them, taking all the inhabitants with them, both in towns and villages. And now I, Mormon, seeing that the Lamanites were about to overthrow the land, therefore I did go to the hill Shim and did take up all the records which Ammaron had hid up unto the Lord. <clears throat> Oliver Cowdery said, um, in talking about the records, and I think I may have quoted this before, uh, Oliver Cowdery went with the prophet Joseph when he deposited these plates and that they went into a cave and they saw lots of plates all over the ground and uh, on the table and so on. So uh, anyway, Mormons getting getting the plates from the hill Shem um, because uh, if, the, if, there's, if the Nephites are all going to be destroyed, he needs to make sure that these are protected and secured. I bear testimony that what we're reading here is true doctrine, is true uh, an account of translated material. And bear testimony of that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Talk to you later. Bye.